sworn the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled. Corn Huskers, more like corn suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye Oasis, located in a spooky Nebraska desert. It is Halloween, and we are all too lame to have dressed up. I actually looked for a costume today, and I'm like, I literally have nothing around the house. I am so not an interesting person whatsoever. So um, I went to work today. A few people dressed up. I did not. I need to get it together, get back in touch with my youth. So how you guys, how you boys doing on this Halloween? You guys spiking your blood sugar, getting some candy in your system tonight? Oh, yeah. Always. I have a few pieces. So I'm excited for this that we're going to have today. Now, I want each of you to tell me what is your favorite's Halloween candy. <laughs> is it Snickers, Milky Way? Maybe you're a little more on the fruity side. Or is it oh, it ain't Sour Patch Kids? What could it be? Miller Light Delight. What is your favorite Halloween candy? I'm going to have to go Butterfingers. Butterfingers are bomb. Those are good, man. That's, oh, yeah. Those are real good. Snickers, a, a close second. All right, and then we're going to go over to our man, Marty. <laughs> it's, it's the spooky Nebraska Hawks as Halloween special. There's going to be all kinds of scary noises just coming out when you least expect it. All right, all right Marty, what what is your favorite? Baby Ruth. Baby, damn. Ooh. Underrated candy bar right there. Definitely underrated. Baby Ruth? And, and the kids today have no idea that that's actually named after Babe Ruth. Like, that was his candy bar. Nobody knows. That. Like, kids say, like, who? Really? And the, one of the most iconic movie scenes of all time that Matt just referenced in Goonies. Yeah. Who takes a bite out of it. Sloth love chunk. <laughs> Baby Ruth? That's a good one, man. One of the best movie characters of all time. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right, Kyle. What is your favorite Halloween candy? Man, I uh, I'll eat myself sick with like anything sour, chewy, fruity. But um, you know, I, I like to think if I was stranded on an island and had one choice, it'd probably be uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Man, yeah, those are yummy. I I mean, I'll I'll eat it all. What I don't like are like uh, you know anything butterscotch or uh, licorice. Um, 
No, thanks, man. Give me, give me sour, give me gummy, give me, uh, or peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a, I don't ever have it, but, um, gotta say I'm a gummy bear guy myself, gummy bears, gummy worms, all that kind of stuff. That's some good stuff, but yeah, that's, I can tell you my, uh, my, my girlish figure does not need any gummy worms right now. I can tell you that there's too many curves and too many of the wrong places right now. So you gotta stay away from that stuff. So boys, we're going to start it out. Um, Again, Matt has had rave reviews. The week nine results are brought to you by one of our favorite sponsors. Oh, yeah. Candles by Candy. That's a little spooky. Crafting homemade candles from her double wide for the last, (laughs) I don't know, year. She's been doing fantastic work. Um, I just, I'm burning the newest one, Stovetop Stuffing. It's it's, it's very nice. I feel like it's, we're about ready to sit down to Thanksgiving Thanksgiving dinner. It's a very nice ambiance in the room. So um, Matt, you want to go through the results? And again, thanks to Candles by Candy. I will. For being (laughs) our sponsor for this segment. Uh, So as a whole last week, we all did a lot better. Um, Marty, Kyle, and I all had four picks that we got correct, and Adam had three. Son of a <laughs> God! <laughs> Which put uh, that put me and Adam tied at fifty percent. Kyle at fifty six percent, and Marty at sixty four percent. Marty's got a he little is running out. away with it. He's got an internet outage right now, and I'm glad because he'd be running his mouth right now. <laughs> Why do I suck so bad at this? So, like, my my neighborhood asked me to join a football college football pick'em, and I'm like, suckers, you have no idea what you're getting into. Like, I know my shit. Okay, like I'm good at this. I'm like in eighth place out of like <laughs> fifteen people. I don't know if I'm just bad at picking spreads, uh, if I just, if there's been a lot of upsets, if I I don't understand what the problem is, why I'm so horrible. But again, I I think the spreads, it makes it harder. It definitely makes it harder, but Marty, for some reason, has it figured out and he's killing it. So we're going to have to do a major course correction if we're going to catch him. So he's building quite a bit of a lead right now. So he's got, he's got a good lead. He does. Um, I was able to, uh, lucky enough to be able to go to the game, um, against the Northwestern Wildcats and, uh, thought we looked a lot better. It was a lot more enjoyable of a game to watch than we've seen all season. Now I I, I'm having a little bit of an internal battle. I don't know if this is something that I should be super excited about and that we're moving in the right direction or a little bit of me in the back of my head's like Adam, like Northwestern sucks. Like, this is why we looked so good. You know, that's uh, something that I'm battling with. You know, Patris, Spencer looked better. You know, he was able to throw the ball away a little bit. Also, though, it seemed like he had a little bit more time in the pocket. Is that a because of the time? Is that because the offensive line's playing better, or is it because the D line for Northwestern's that bad right now? I'm going to have to say maybe a little of both. Um, I wanted to see what you guys thought from what you saw. Um, you know, Caleb Johnson looked good. He clearly has separated himself as the premier back for us. Uh, just has the most athletic ability, can hit the hit the holes a lot better than any other back on the roster. The other guys definitely, you know, serve a purpose. But, you know, Caleb's looking the best right now, in my opinion. Nico Regani looked really strong. And, you know, it's frustrating again. No Keegan Johnson. 
still a lot of questions on what's going on there. I'm going to start out with you, Matt. Like, what did you see? What were your thoughts on your observations from the 33 to 13 Iowa win? Uh, yeah, the Northwestern defense uh, definitely was contained by the offensive line. You know, they did a lot better job of giving Petrus time in the pocket. Petrus had a lot more accurate throws. There were still some off, but his percentage was a lot better this game. Uh, running running game got going. I mean, they highlighted that. The announcers highlighted that, that the run game was better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that contributes to open passes and just an easier flow. So, you know, things did look a lot better. That um, last seven points from Northwestern was on our second and third string defense. So I think that was kind of a give me seven. So the, the spread of that actually was skewed a little bit because of that, I think. Uh, so yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic that the O-line is learning. But it's also Northwestern. They are one in six, one in seven now, I guess. Yeah. Yep. So they're not good. They're definitely one of the worst in the Big Ten. So you, you got to hold that a little bit. It is good to have the confidence builder game, though, that, you know, getting some things right on offense. So, yeah, you know, hopefully they can build off of it. And it was nice to see kind of a, it almost seemed like, hey, this is the Iowa offensive line that I remember from the past. Like we were, Every time we'd snap the ball, we were getting pushing them back, you know, at least one to two, three yards every time. And that right there is just creating more running room. You know, you're going to get a minimum of two to three yards at that point. So, I mean, that was that was nice. So it, it looked a lot different. Um, welcome back, South. Um, we all have internet troubles from time to time. And I've learned my lesson not to make fun of anybody about having internet problems because <laughs> old hand of karma slapped me in the face last time I did that. So um, before we hopped on, Kyle brought up some really unique and insightful thoughts from when he was a kicker because, you know, Drew Stevens is really starting to feel like he's getting in his groove. He had three field goals. He's looking more and more accurate, a little more and more comfortable in his skin. And Kyle brought up a really interesting thought about when he was on the sidelines, some tips that, that Nick Kading gave him and, you know, when the coaches would come up to him and ask him where his head was at in the game, I thought this was super interesting. So we definitely wanted to get Kyle's feelings and thoughts on that. Yeah. So, um, you know, first of all, first of all, it's nice to see Drew Stevens doing well. Uh, anytime you get to see a kicker, especially from the, the place you came from doing well, um, it makes you feel good. So I hope that he can keep it up. I wish him the best. And, uh, you know, in that position, when you're that young, again, there's a lot of pressure, man. You're, 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 um, uh, you know, your your job is to hit a home run every time. So um, hopefully he's doing the things he needs to do and, and stays with his snapper and his holder and has great chemistry and that, that that stays true. So I was fortunate enough to play on some very successful teams where I also had a lot of opportunities um, and I had great snappers, great holders and great blockers that allowed me to, you know, um, do my job. So anyway. Yeah. So, you know, call it ignorance is bliss. Call it being dumb. Who knows? But I was. Uh, you know, I don't really remember uh, any of the field goals that I kicked. I think in the three years I played in Iowa, I kicked around 54 field goals or something like that in three years, which is quite a bit in three years. Um, if you look at the stats of all the kickers that have played four years, uh, they, they didn't kick that many or they, you know, kicked maybe just a little bit more than that. So I'm very proud of that. Um, 
But, uh, you know, one thing my kicking coach uh, in high school, Peter Rame, he's actually with Dowling Catholic now. Um, you know, he was the kind of one that uh, initially put this in my head. He was like, look, you have one job to do. You know, you're obviously you're a football player. Don't get me wrong. You're still going to be able to tackle all that stuff. Pay attention to the game and all that stuff. You have to know um, generally what's going on. But um, Kading kind of reinforces reinforces when I be, when I was you know had the privilege to sit behind him for a couple of years. Um, where like you know anytime re- really my job was just to pay attention to what down it was and what the coaches were telling me to do because basically it was all hand signals. I did I wasn't wearing headphones so I didn't know. But uh, I basically always had to be ready to go um, on third down, you know, uh, wherever it was. But one thing I didn't pay attention to, and this is this this came from Kading and my kicking coach, was not to get too hyped up about the situation of the game. Um, try not to, you know, like I never knew what yard line we were on. I never knew how long of a field goal it was. Um, all I knew was that I was going out there to do my job, and I knew that. My, and my snapper and holder, were, they kind of had the same mentality. It doesn't matter where we are on the field. It doesn't matter what situation it is. We're doing the same thing. It's so repetitive that there's nothing out there that should really, uh, you know, change that. And a good example of this was, uh, I think it was 05. It was Michigan at home. Uh, there was two seconds left on the clock. It was a 32-yarder on the left hash in the north end zone. And it was actually the 20-year anniversary of Rob Hotland, the kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was there on the sideline and spent the week with us, you know, practicing. Wow. And I don't know if you remember, but, but, but his field goal was, a, a, I'm pretty sure I have to check the stats, but his field goal was a 32 yarder on the North side. Um, I'm pretty sure it was anyway, it was an exact, it was the 32 yarder and Michigan <clears throat> called two times out to two timeouts to try to ice me. And I remember coach Ference, you know, and this would happen multiple times throughout different uh, games um, throughout my career. Uh, you know, he'd come up and, uh, you know, take his little headphones off and be like, you good, you good, you know, and I actually, that actually bothered me more than it, than it, than it, it just, you know, I didn't want anything to let me, because I had my way of processing what was yeah. happening. And, um, you know, I remember Minnesota when I kicked the fifth field goal, it was a 49 yarder and um, I, I had no clue it was a 49 yarder. I had no clue that it, it was a school record. I have no, I had no clue that, um, you know, I didn't even know how much time was left on the clock. I just remember that it was very important and I was called upon to do a job. And so that was kind of my, my mentality was to not, you know, again, call it ignorance is bliss. All, you know, obviously I'm paying attention to the game, but I never really got myself like, you know, there'd be huge plays that happen. I remember Dallas Clark catching that interception, um, you know, to run it all the way back against Purdue in Oh two. And uh, you know, I just, you know, um, I just don't remember celebrating too much Uh, my way of, um, processing all of that stuff was just, you know, very even keeled. Obviously Kading, you know, Kading definitely let himself loose sometimes, you know, there's, there's great videos of him um, celebrating. And I wish I kind of did that, but even after some big field goals that I made, you know, I never had any true, true last second game winners. I wish I did. I never had those opportunities, Um, but I never really, you know, I had some game clinchers. I had some big ones, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you know, my celebrations are well, you know, they were like, yay, you know, back off, back off, you know, on to the next, but so. That's a cool perspective though. You don't really ever hear that and you don't hear former kickers really talk about the mental approach and, you know, the psychological approach to being a part of that team and a little bit, you know, separating yourself mentally on the sideline. Cause if you get yourself too caught up into the hype, you're going to get yourself too worked up mm-hmm. and, you know, not be in the flow of what you need to do. 
Well, keep in mind too that that week of preparation before the game, um, you know, I've already made, I've already made hundreds of field goals uh, with all different types of scenarios. One thing we used to do on Thursdays, we used to uh, get Gator. Uh, we'd ride the Gator. The managers would take us from the practice field over to Kinnick, and the specialist and I in a completely empty Kinnick. It was so cool. I wish I had an iPhone back then. Um, we basically every, literally every Thursday for the three years that I was a starting kicker, we'd go over there. And even when I was with Kading, uh, because he knew I was taking over for him, he would bring me with him and we'd go over there uh, for about an hour and we'd kick and we'd go through game scenarios. We'd go through game winning scenarios. We'd go through different types of scenarios, you know, whether it's Toro last second field goal kind of, kind of stuff, long ones, short ones, you know, uh, odd situations, fakes, we would do everything. So Needless to say, what, what I'm trying to say is like the field goals that I made, I already made them. You know what I mean? I already made them in my head. All yeah. I had to go out there was actually, all I had to do is go go out there and, and do it again. So Nice. All right. Well, that's a cool approach. And uh, thanks for sharing that, Kyle. Really appreciate that. How about uh, Drew Stevens' 54-yarder? Woo, that was a yeah. deep one. Yeah. Man, that was it's, cool. You know, it's, uh, again, if you're at that level, a 54-yarder, um, you know, really shouldn't be that difficult. I think I... Uh, uh, I had a 52 at Ohio State. Um, I think the only other 50-plus yarders I had attempted was, I think, only one more, maybe two more. I can't remember exactly. But 57-yarder uh, my senior year against Wisconsin at home. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I just, again, I hope that uh, – I hope he can keep it up. I really can. No, I've only missed one. So on the other side of things, it's been kind of it's been odd. I don't think I've ever seen Tory Taylor shank a punt, and that was yeah. maybe the worst punt I've ever seen. And <laughs> I think he, he gets some grace because he's been so good. But it's like, did that Ohio State fake punt debacle like get in his head? Like is that is was doing... really weird? <laughs> yeah, it was odd. It did not. It just seems like. He's not quite himself. I, I want to get over to Marty now. And Marty, I want to see, you know, what your thoughts were uh, when you were gone. We really talked about the, how much better the offensive line seemed to look. <laughs> Maybe it's the opponent we were playing against. Um, the kicking game's looking really good. Punning game has taken a dip lately, which has been odd since Tori Taylor's been there. We have never really been able to say that. Um, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on the 33 to 13 Hawkeye victory against Northwestern, Marty. Well, I think I'm going to stay grounded on it all and not get too excited because, you know, you go from playing Ohio State to Northwestern. The O-line definitely looked better, but again, you're going against Northwestern's defense. Um, but they did they did have some – they opened up some giant holes yeah. for, the, for the running game. Um, yeah, I think Spencer, Spencer looked better. Um, one thing I don't get about Spencer, though, is he's he, he likes to throw into double coverage. And some of those passes, I mean, he completed, but he's got other guys wide open, and, but he takes that chance on those guys running on the sideline and barely catching it and or yeah. running, uh, throwing it into uh, double coverage. And uh, he, he make, it seems to me that he's making it harder on himself than what he needs to, but he, yeah. he definitely looked better. Um, you know, we, we got a <laughs> we got a few tough games coming up here uh, with Wisconsin and Purdue, and I think that'll be the telling story is how we can do it against those guys. 
Not as tough as Northwestern has with Ohio State coming up. <laughs> it's going to be bad. I, you brought up a great point, Marty, though, and that's one thing that, that you know, he's Spencer's not been able to do is, you know, go through his progressions properly and, you know, be in the flow of the game. It's like he decides what he's going to do, and if that first option or maybe sometimes even second's not available, he, he, he falls apart and he doesn't know what to do. And to be able to be a strong quarterback, especially in power five football, you got to be able to be calm, cool, and collected in the pocket, flow through your progressions, see what opens up down the field. And then if the pocket closes, you jump up ahead of it and take off or, you know, just react. And he doesn't seem to have that instinct after all these years to be able to make the proper decision when, when things go bad. So I'm glad you brought that up. And, but again, it's something that, you know, it's the DNA of a quarterback that Kirk loves. You know, he's really fallen in love with that slow pocket passer that, you know, is similar. He's, you know, a lot of people call, you know, Spencer a poor man's Nate Stanley. You know, it's just he <laughs> he, he has a lot of the same skill set, just can't really do any of it quite as well. You know, so, it, this makes me wonder if uh, Coach Ferentz was ever really a fan of Drew Tate. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I, 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 even, I don't know. Or even, or even Brad Banks, you know, I mean, yeah, I was going to say Brad Banks either. Yeah, Brad, Brad kind of came out like rose through the ranks unexpectedly, you know, from the sounds of it, you know, you know, injuries and, and whatnot ended up getting that starting role. And you, and you'd mentioned before Kyle, lots of people have the, the consistent friction between Drew and, and the coaching staff because he wasn't necessarily always doing what they wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a really interesting point. Yeah, and by the way, I didn't know about this. I didn't even pay attention to that until I really started to see it firsthand my senior year. I just thought, like, Drew was doing everything, you know, like, you know, I just, again, I don't pay attention. I didn't pay attention to anything. We were just winning a bunch of games. <laughs> we were just we just kept winning and winning and winning, and I thought, yeah. wow, like, Drew and the coaches are doing a great job. And it wasn't until I, I found out later that, that the whole time, like, Drew was kind of doing his own thing and just would make things happen. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess he was doing that for a reason. Yeah, weird. He's probably the best quarterback we've had since. So um, maybe maybe it's good to not have quarterbacks be so robotic back there and be able to play in the flow of the game and just call it as they see it and take off if they need to. I don't to. know, man. I just kicked field goals, you know. That's all I did. So uh, and you're part of the team though. You know, know, you're part of the team. So it's you play that down all the time. But you know, you, you I'm sure that you know your opinion still mattered a lot to them. Um you know I thought I thought about you Marty this weekend at the game. There was um I was surprised that spirits still seemed high. Stadium was pretty dang full. Um everyone's frustrated but people still came out. And uh, filled pretty much filled the place. It was loud, but the big hot rumor right now is that Brian Ferentz is already accepted a position coach role in the NFL somewhere, and that's the rumor. It's did, you know, I, did I not call that? Probably it, with the Patriots or the Ravens. Very possible. I and again, it's a rumor. So I, you know. This is just what, what people are talking about. I don't have a, I'm not one of those guys that claims to be a football coach and that has inside information through, through coaches and, you know, f- fake news like that. So I'm just kind of finding out about this through, you know, rumors and what people are saying that, you know, this is happening. So I was like, Oh, Marty's going to love to hear this. Kyle, I heard, uh, I heard Vegas. Really? 
Yeah, the Raiders is who he uh, has accepted or was oh. talking to. So, well, you know what? I mean, I <laughs> I love Brian. Uh, you know, we don't have too many games left. It's like at this point, I'm happy for him either way. However, we yeah. finish the season, I'm still going to obviously be a big Hawkeye fan. I'm going to be in love with him either way, and uh, I wish him the best uh, wherever he goes or whatever he does. I mean, yeah. you know, could be one of those things where he does the exact same thing wherever he goes. But be, but because it's a different system and it's a different atmosphere and a different environment, it works. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna it's gonna go down for me regardless. Um, we've teased and joked around. We still think he's a great guy. He's a good human being and a good dude. We do wish him the best when and if he does move on. Um, and I, I truly do think, and I don't know what you guys think. I think he's a, a little bit of a product of the system <laughs> under his dad. I think he's got to work within the parameters of what Kirk lays out for him. That might not be the offense that Brian would choose to run. Um, the one thing I feel pretty strongly about is that he should not be coaching quarterbacks. I think that's insane. Um, and yeah. most people think the same thing too. What about having a Ken O'Keefe? Where'd he go? He retired. He retired. Ah. You know, Come on, Ken. Stop being you know. lazy. Well, you know, it's like, okay. hey, 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 well, hold on here. Hey, Marty's retired. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, that's good. What is it? Uh, what, is, what does retired actually mean? You don't just sit around and do nothing. Come on. Eh, Marty's <laughs> testing that theory. You know, what the, you know what the biggest thing is? The biggest thing, I've, I've been retired a little over two years. The greatest thing is I have no commitments. I mean, I don't have to be at work at a certain time. I don't have to be home by a certain time. Sure. You know, all that sort of thing. It's the yeah. commitment. So it's great not having yeah. those. Just you. randomly getting getting messed up on a Tuesday night just because you can. You don't have to that's get up in the morning. Random. That's not random. That's consistent for me. <laughs> Do I want to wear pants today or that's, I'm going to have to go outside? And I love Sunday day drinking. It's great. <laughs> See, that's, that's why what... I want to be Marty when I grow up. <laughs> I'm on my way. So I'd take a stab like, at it. I think we would do quite well that lifestyle, Matt. So I I agree. I keep saving our money so we can retire down in in Florida during the winters. And I want to live the sauce life. That's 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 my goal. All right, guys. We're gonna um we're gonna move on to our next segment here. We got a big game coming up this week against the Purdue Boilermakers. And um we got a sponsor for uh this this segment. It's called the revenge game. So there's a lot of reasons why this could be a revenge game. There's a lot of bad blood brewing between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Purdue Boilermakers right now. Now this segment's brought to you by Suck It Vacuum Repair. Suck It Vacuum Repair. Because if it doesn't suck, we give a All right, <laughs> Suck It Vacuum Repair. They do all kinds of vacuum repair. Um, they sell new vacuums, refurbished vacuums. And like I said, if it doesn't suck, they give a so a wonderful business there. So thank you for your sponsorship, guys. I've always wondered how, you know, you drive by vacuum repair places and sorry to get off on a tangent. How do those places make enough money to even stay open yet sponsor a shitty podcast? Like how, <laughs> how, <laughs> I don't know. But hey, they're we doing it. We appreciate it. And anymore, I thought they made like the, those Dyson and Shark vacuums. Like I thought those things never needed repaired. Is it like, I don't know. Anyway. We, just, we just got a, a robot vacuum. My, my kids named him. His name is Gary. 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 Yep. Nice. Gary cleaned the house three times today. Does he, do a good, <laughs> does he do a good job? Does he do a good job? Yeah. Dude, technology is 
is freaking amazing. It really is. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's one of those ones that empties itself. So, wow. like, I'll you know, you 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 are, you put up some furniture. You know, you spend the first like fifteen runs. It maps the house, so it creates a memory of it. And okay. then it, and then after that, man, it just like goes and it remembers. And then all of a sudden, when it's full, it makes its way all the way back, empties itself, and then goes all the way back to where it was and picks up and starts back. I mean, it's it's just it's cool crazy. stuff, man. Yeah, I saw a lot. There's like little lawnmowers that do that now. Yeah, that are oh, shaped yeah. like that. Yeah, one of my clients bought one for his house, and it uh, it runs it runs all day. Um, of course, it doesn't do like the nice lines. You know, he doesn't have patterns. It just like cuts in like this random pattern, but it. It does it every single day. And I'm like, that's just, they're like four grand, four yeah. or five grand. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You never have that. to mow again though. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm, at that point, I don't know. I, I enjoy mowing my lawn, but yeah. I don't know. If I had that, I guess I could be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> just watching it. I like the patterns you can make mowing your lawn though. It looks so nice yeah. when you're done. Yeah. It's refreshing. Well, especially mm-hmm. if you have a riding lawn more, then you can drink beer when you're on it too. That's you know, called American living right there. Maybe they have it, but maybe for those robotic uh, lawn mowers, that'd be cool if like you could draw a picture and it'll mow that picture. I'm sure. Or it's, if you, could, know. you know, that'd be pretty cool. I'm sure it's coming down the pipeline. So especially if you have like an Ohio state fan as a neighbor, you could like, you know, write some oh, yeah. very nice words. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, I think we know something that rhymes with Buckeye that we would definitely put in that yard. <laughs> All right, we got to keep going. Marty's on East Coast time, so he's yeah. he's up late tonight. We are in, Marty. we're insensitive. Yeah. We did not think about Marty in the in the Florida Florida time zone out there. So sorry about that, man. He's he's staying strong. So he's if no we worries. if you see him nodding off out there, we'll wake him up. We'll we'll yeah. throw in like here. I'll be like, hey, Marty, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> Marty. Ah. And then he'll be like, what? What? <laughs> oh, down to the gutter we go once again. All right, boys. I really wanted to get your thoughts on this. You know, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that we can approach this. I've had a, an emotional roller coaster with the Charlie Jones transferring Tyrone Tracy. And now, of course, there's rumors that, you know, Keegan Johnson might be looking to go. Um, I there's rumors flying left and right about Keegan that, you know, a little hamstring tweak has kept him out the whole season is slightly suspicious. I don't want to question anyone's integrity. He's a great kid, great family. And, you know, I, I, I really truly don't have any inside information on it, but it, it makes you think, you know, I've gone through the roller coaster of emotions and Matt, you know, we've kind of talked about this, that, do you, do you feel is Charlie Jones a traitor or, or is he a genius? And I know most of us are leaning toward the latter, but let me, you know, tell you just a little bit of like maybe the devil's advocate argument in this, whatever happened to, you know, it seems like a romantic kind of idea that you stay loyal to a program that, you know, pulled you out of, you know, out of Buffalo and put you in the division one spotlight, you know, whatever happened to being loyal, you know, going back and visiting your alma mater 15 years after you played there and not thinking that you played at four different colleges, you know, thinking about your journey at the school and the loyalty and the path that you took and that love in your heart for, for the university of Iowa. Is is that dead? You know, is that type of thing dead for money? Like, you know, and I think I'm an outdated old guy because what I think it would mean more to me to be able to, when I'm 40, 50, 60 years old, 
to go back and remember how I progressed as an athlete at, at this school and how I helped my team get better and, you know, say, okay, I didn't get the starting job. I was at first string, but I'm going to work my ass off and continue to be the best punt returner and kick returner in the big 10. And you know what, if he would have stayed, he would have been starting. And, you know, this might've been something that was a wake up call that the coaching staff needed to be able to reevaluate things. So you're going to continue to lose guys if we're not utilizing them enough. You know, like Charlie said, when he left, the biggest reason was I only have one year left and you, you know, people that are specialists that are just great kick returners and punt returners don't typically get drafted. And if they do, it's not very high. His sample size was not huge for what he was able to do as a wide receiver. He made some great plays. So, you know, I'm, I want to play devil's advocate here. And I, I, there's another um, side of this whole entire thing that includes Jeff Brom that I want to get your guys' feeling on too. But I'm going to start with Matt. And, you know, Matt, you know, is Charlie, is he a traitor? Is he selfish or is he smart? Is he a genius for, for making that move? In, the, in this day and age, I think you got to be a little selfish. I mean, I understand why he did what he did. And he had played with that quarterback before at Purdue too. So there's a little bit there that plays into it. Uh, am I mad about it? Absolutely. I'd love to have him be a Hawkeye and end his career as a Hawkeye and be that you know next Nick Easley. And I mean, he could have made it to the NFL as a Hawkeye, but <clears throat> to watch him go to Purdue and light it up and put up the numbers he is, I guess I can't blame the guy. Yeah. And, you know, and it ties back to the whole thing too. It's like all the things that made college football great, I feel like are slipping through our fingers, Marty. Um, you know, guys that, are leaving early to prepare for the draft and not even playing it in the bowl game. And teammates are like so overly understanding about it. And, you know, I want to get Kyle's thought on this too. Kyle, uh, Kyle is a teammate. Okay. It, you know, if a guy on your team is projected to be first, second, third round pick, and he sits out the bowl game, you guys are supposed to be brothers. You're supposed to have like, start. you started this journey together and you're supposed to finish it. You know, is it selfish or is it just making the smart financial decision and to, to step out and, you know, put yourself out of, out of the bowl game and focus on preparing, you know, cause I feel like this is all kind of the same. This is the route that college football is going. And I feel like the sport is really kind of slipping through our fingers. So um, you guys would probably know better than me, but I don't think that happened at all in the five years that I played at Iowa. It's become a trend big time in the last about five or six years. So yeah, I think you're okay. right. So, you know, I think we have lost it, man. We are now, I'm 39 years old. I'm becoming that old man. I'm becoming that old generation where things are evolving and I'm going to have to deal with it. But I do agree that, uh, you know, you know how many times I thought I was going to lose my position as a starting kicker? Like I was challenged every single day. Um by the coaches. I mean, nothing was promised, nothing, but I wanted to please my teammates and my family and my friends so much um, because I'd made a commitment and I'm sticking with it. And, you know, I saw a lot of good guys um, because they weren't getting what they wanted. They weren't getting the reps that they wanted. Uh, they were frustrated with playtime. They were, you know, whatever uh, they would, uh, up and leave and I can't think of a, I was sitting here trying to think of a of, of one guy who went on to a different program and was successful um, maybe they were successful in their own standards but I doubt it I mean they all went either down a league or I don't think any of them transferred to a different 
division, uh, big 10 school. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, man, I, it's, it's very disappointing. Uh, I mean, imagine how the coaches feel too. Like you're, you're basically now, um, at the mercy of, you know, the success of your players and, and what you, the, the time and energy and that you think about the strength coach, all that time and energy that you have invested in that person. And then all of a sudden they like, they want to go play at a different big 10. I'm sorry, man. I don't care how good they're doing at another school. Like you have ripped my heart out and, um, cause that doesn't, none of that looks good on coach Ferentz. If a guy leaves, you know, there's no incentive. Now, if a guy leaves early to go to the NFL, that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but skipping the going back to your original question and skipping the bull game, I don't think that ever happened with me. And I do agree that that is kind of BS. Um, you're not going to get hurt. Come on. The chances of you getting hurt in the bull game are just as high as the chances of you walk, walk into class. I'm sorry. Yeah. If, if I'm in the NFL and I'm looking at a guy that skipped the bowl game, I'm not interested anymore. Like, you know, and I, I know that he's a great kid and an amazing family, but Tyler Goodson, like you skipped the bowl game and left a year early to go as an undrafted free agent and then get cut. Like why? Like, that's just bad decision after bad decision. Like you're, you're either, someone must is feeding some of these guys like bad advice on uh, making these moves because you, you're seeing guys leave early. And then like, you know, like again, like we's camp, you know, in basketball left a year early, he's getting cut and bouncing around the G league. Now, you know, it's just like, why would you leave a, a year early to just barely be hanging on by a thread? Well, they, they, they do have a lot of, I know, you know, this, they do have a lot of people tripping in their ear, telling them how much yeah. they're worth and how much they're not going to be worth the possibility of not being worth as much if they wait another year. And, I mean, I can only, you know, I didn't have NFL. I didn't have, I didn't have people knocking on my door to go leave <laughs> to go uh, early, but uh, um, yeah, well, that's it's tough, tough as a kicker too. There's one job for each yeah. team. So, yeah. I mean, it's like a little bit of hitting the lottery and you coming out at the right time. Yeah. I mean, there's kickers that are getting jobs in the NFL that aren't the best kickers that have come out in the last five years. They just happen to come out at the time that a few teams needed a kicker. Yeah, so, I think I think when I graduated, uh, there's not too many teams that needed a kicker. The only two that I think are still playing that came from my class are uh, Mason Crosby. Uh, I don't even know. Is Mike Nugent still playing? I'm not sure. He was with the Bengals. Um, and then, obviously, um, Robbie Gold. Okay. Hmm. You know, Marty, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Because – I've gone through a full range of emotions. I've, I've, you know, I was initially like heartbroken because Charlie was one of my favorite players on the team and I loved watching him play. And then, you know, he bails on us. And then, you know, I was, you know, I was pissed and, you know, angry. And then after a while, I'm like, how to kind of understand though, like he's putting up some big numbers, but then, you know, you're older and you got to think some life decisions, big picture. When your kids ask you like, Oh dad, where'd you play college football? I played at Buffalo, Iowa and Purdue. Like, how does that sound? Like Oliver, Oliver Martin at Nebraska. Oh, I played at Michigan, Iowa, and Nebraska. Like, that sounds ridiculous. You know, it just what, – what, what are your thoughts on this whole thing, Marty? Because I, I know I sound like get off my lawn, like an old man that's holding on to the past of college football, but we're losing the greatest game ever invented due to selfishness and a lack of being able to, being able to handle any adversity whatsoever. Well, I think what you're yeah. seeing is you're seeing college football turn into, into turn into professional football. You know, I think you're going to see the leagues kind of change to the divisions, just like uh, the NFL. 
Um, players are getting paid now, uh, just like the NFL. So, you know, once they made those decisions, then I can understand once, once the uh, <clears throat> NCAA allowed these funds and, and players getting paid, <clears throat> then I can see, well, then players should have an opportunity. Yeah. So I can see both ways. I understand loyalty and I stayed at my college for played basketball four years and, and I would never have transferred because my loyalty to the school and my loyalty to my teammates, just like Kyle talks about. Yeah. It was important. It was important to me, but I never had any chance of funding. If I was chance to get paid, yeah. I don't know what I'd do. I'm not I'm not sure what I'd do. I just I'm surprised too by how supportive that the teammates are to these things of skipping out of a bowl game earlier. They're always like, you got to get yours. You got to get paid. Well, that's important. Okay. I get that. But like, I, I guess I felt I, maybe I'm wrong that, you know, you're the loyalty to your, to your brothers that you battle with and, you know, sweat with and bleed with to me is something like, you know, I will pulled you out of obscurity at, at Buffalo and you were thrilled. I'm sure at the opportunity to build a play at Iowa and it was just, you feel a little, you know, they got to feel a little used, you know, he gets there, uses them for what he needs and moves on. But, you know, again, counter argument to it is I do understand a little bit where he's coming from. You know, it, the numbers don't lie. I mean, the guy has more receiving yards this year than the whole Iowa receiving core combined. So, right. You know, it's kind of a receiver's dream to play in, in that system. So we're going to have to adapt with the times and make some changes. Cause if we don't, we're going to get left in the dust and I, I'm kind of scared to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. Cause it's, it's, it's gotta be tough to be able to look a wide receiver recruit in the face right now and try to sell them on our program. I can't imagine how tough that is. Um, the next, the next point of this topic, and I want to start out go over to Matt on this one. Is it a coincidence to you, Matt, that so many guys um, are getting picked up from Iowa by Jeff Brom? Is he tampering? with the Iowa football program is, is he putting out feelers? Does he have some guys reaching out to our players? Cause we've lost Tyrone Tracy and you know, now we've lost Charlie Jones and there's rumors that, you know, Keegan Johnson's entertaining a move to go there. And again, there's no validity behind those rumors. It's just things that people are saying. So they could be completely, completely false. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Cause it, it smells usually if it smells bad there's something stinky going on yeah yeah i if keegan johnson goes there then i would definitely raise that question and wonder what the heck's going on behind the scenes um tyrone tracy and uh charlie jones i think charlie jones has to do with the quarterback and they're playing previously in another um era or whatever but I think they played uh, in high school together for a little I bit think I think so like grew up together. they had that chemistry and I mean I could see that for that reason but yeah if, if Keegan Johnson goes it's definitely gonna cross a lot of people's mind yeah I would hope it crosses a lot of people's mind I hope it raises a lot of questions because I mean that three receivers to the same program what what's going on Matt is um is Charlie gonna get booed like say he go, I, I know this game's at, at Purdue, but let's let's flip it and say it's at Kinnick. Hypothetically, it, would Charlie get booed on the field? Probably. What yeah. what doesn't get booed at oh, yeah. Kinnick right yeah. now? 
I, I do love that. I love our fans so much. Like <laughs> I used to think our fans are so blindly loyal, which we do have our ignoramuses that like will follow Kirk Ferentz off a cliff. If he asked him to, if you know, Kirk could win a game for the next 20 years and they'd still think he's God. But I think our fan base has really found their voice over the last four or five years. And they're not willing to put up with the yeah. crap that they're used to. There um, was some animosity in the crowd at the first field goal when we were down in the red zone and didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you could you could feel it and hear it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly um, the Iowa uh, Iowa Hawkeye fans are pretty damn sick of watching a, a top two or three defense get wasted out on the field every single week. Um, it's just, it, you know, it's sad. It's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, somebody said this at the tailgate this weekend, they're like, it's like, if you like, you know, this girl, she's smoking hot, but she hangs out with like a hideous girl with a horrible personality. It's like, it just, it, it's not a good combination, you know, at all. So I was like, that's damn good. And I really like that a lot. So I don't know, you know, Marty, what are your thoughts? You know, is, is Brom tampering? Is he, does he see something like Iowa football who's bringing in and, and training and developing quality athletes and quality human beings. And he's like, I can lure them in like the whole type of like, you know, the, it's the Halloween special, like, you know, with the, the temptress, like come over here to the dark side, you're going to get a lot more catches for a lot more yards. This offense is so much for, more fun to play. And it's like the devil and the angel on each shoulder. Like is he pulling some shady shenanigans? Please tell me he is. Cause I want to hate him. <laughs> I have no intelligence on this or even heard any rumors on this. So I don't know if I can answer you. Kyle may have a better answer for you than me. So. I would just be speculating if I. If what's I your What's your opinion, Marty? Because we're been, all speculating, Marty, Marty. Marty, you've been watching Iowa football for quite quite a few many years, and you know you I, you've you're, you're the number one picker in this whole entire group. You're kicking the <laughs> shit out of all of us. You clearly have a leg up on the knowledge piece of it. You're a part of this podcast because we do value your opinion, not just because your good looks. Now we want to know <laughs> what do you think is happening here, Marty? And Marty, like. It's definitely mostly because you're good looks. It, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't. I think there's a lot of that. A lot of uh, shenanigans or shady things that go on. I, I don't know if they're if they're illegal or even any rule violations of the NCAA. But you know, I, I guarantee you, Matt's. I hate to agree with him, but Matt was right about uh, Charlie Jones and that and the quarterback. You know, they played peewee football together. You don't think they have been talking back and forth and getting the coach involved. And Yeah. <laughs> I, I assure you there's there's some of that going on, yes. Kyle. I'm oh, sorry, Marty. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying recruitment. I'm, I, I, I assure you that that's going on. Kyle, does uh, does Coach Ferentz want this one a little bit more, you think? Because I was lost four out of their last five against the Boilermakers. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, I, I can't imagine the stress that he's feeling right now. And, you know, he wants to win out the rest of the season, no matter what, no matter who the opponents are. You know, there's just something about Purdue, too, that uh, it just eats at you. It's like they're never really that awesome, and they never really are, are terrible. They're always kind of, you never really know. They can sneak up on you. Um. But uh, yeah, for for his for his job sake and for his legacy sake, yeah, I mean, 
gosh, if I were him, you know, if he wins out the rest of the season in my mind and his mind, I think that he would be like, okay, mm. I did something good. If you're going to go down as one of the the best coaches in Iowa football history, you need to quit losing to teams like Purdue and Northwestern. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like knock it off, figure it out. Okay. These are games you need to get the team up for. We need to figure this out. You don't lose four out of five against Purdue. Um, he hasn't beat Jeff Brom yet. No, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I think he has once. I think did he, he beat him once. I yeah, think he I did. I think he beat him three years ago. Um, but I mean, we got, they smoked us last year. People were throwing beers on the field, which <laughs> yeah, pissed right. me off. Cause then I thought we weren't going to be able to have beer in Kinnick anymore after that and ruin it for everybody. But <laughs> luckily I was able to have some black and yellow Bud Lights and it was delicious. They do a damn good job of keeping that beer colder than hell. It's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful thing. But guys, do you know what time it is? It's time for the six pack challenge brought to you by Meyer Electric. We got Meyer Electric, shockingly good service since 1833. Meyer Electric. Shockingly good service. What a family business that is. You know that wow. shock, that statement you just made is now a household statement for, for me. My all my kids' house, my house. Everybody knows everybody knows that statement. Shockingly good service. Meyer Electric. Yeah. Well, that's it's good. You know, it's a household name for good reason. That's why they sponsor our electrifying matchups. Brought to you by Meyer Electric. All right. The first one, boys. Let's get ready. Get your game face on. All of us assume the position and prepare to get our butts kicked by Marty again. This is getting old. Knock it off, Marty. We got how number bad, two. How bad did Matt do last week? How, how, how bad did he do? I, I got last place. I was bringing up the rear uh, last week. So, yeah. The, <clears throat> the three of us got four picks right. You're in the lead at 64%. <laughs> You need to start taking some of that retirement money and gambling on college football, bud. No. <laughs> if, I, if I put any money down, believe me, I'll come in last place. Karen wants you to go. Wants to go shopping. She wants you to make some money, extra money. Well, she's gonna do that. She's gonna do that no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you only live once, you know. All right, boys. Number two, Ohio State. They are eight and zero, undefeated. They're playing great right now. They are traveling to the dumpster fire that is Northwestern's Ryan Field. Um, it just, you know, it, it, that looking at that stadium, I, you know, we're going to make fun of it as much as we can right now since it's going to be beautiful here in like five or six years. But I've seen middle school football fields that were nicer than this. And they're in the Big Ten. So um, Ohio State's favored by 38. That's one of the biggest conference game spreads i've ever seen ohio state 11 a.m on abc you're gonna see a trend here in all the big 10 games this week matt who are you taking in this one the miller light tonight ohio state favored by 38 against the kittens <laughs> that's a lot of points but who's who's gonna stop Ohio State. I mean, Northwest. Who on Northwestern's team is going to stop Ohio State? I got to take Ohio State to cover that spread. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to go down to the South, smartest South. Who are you taking in this one? We got the Buckeyes going to the Kittens. The Kittens are one and seven. Eleven a.m. on ABC. This is going to be a bloodbath. Well, 
I'm calling it now because it's going to be 38 to nothing at halftime. Mm. So definitely <laughs> I'm taking Ohio State on this one. <laughs> Marty, is Pat Fitzgerald, if he has another year like this, is he on the hot seat? Because they've been bad for the last two, three years now, like real bad. What? I, I didn't understand. Is, is, Pat, is Pat Fitzgerald going to be on the hot seat if he does this another year? No. No. He's, no, he'll have to. He'll have to be more years than that. He's got one of those Kirk Ferentz situations where he's yeah. going to have to pretty much go into a bank and hold him up and rob the place. Yeah, they love him over there. He's he'll be there a while. Kyle, who are you taking in this one? Um, Northwestern favored by thirty-eight, going to oh. the worst stadium in the history of college football. Well, yeah. You, you mean Ohio State? Yeah, you said it backwards. That's okay. Oh, we're did I? Uh, what, is, it getting, is it getting too late for you? Adam? It must be. Did I say they were going to Ohio State? No, you said that Northwestern was favored by 38 points. Ooh, oh, yikes. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm, it's a little past uh, Adam's bedtime here. Tito's. So, yeah. Tito's. Little bit um, of Tito. I'm definitely, as much as I hate to say it, taking Ohio State. They are steamrolling right now. Okay. Um, the Purple People Eaters, you know. I'm a Fitzgerald fan. I, you know, again, um, I got a buddy that played for North, Northwestern, but they're uh, it's too late in the season to have, to have a comeback or any sort of like history made victory. victory. So, yeah. I hope that Ohio State just smears them worse than they smeared us. All right, we got a, qu- a clean sweep here where everyone's picking the Buckeyes, Maddie. All right, um, yeah, I think it's goes without saying it's it's going to be a bloodbath. There's going to be dead kittens all over the field. Not going to be good. <laughs> Um, all right, next we have the Minnesota Golden Gophers. The fight in PJ Flex had a lot of preseason hype. They're five and three. They're favored by 15 going to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska. The Huskers are three and five. This is a real affordable game. The tickets you can get, get into this game for less than $29 on StubHub on the secondary market. So uh, trying to keep that fake sellout streak alive here. It's, again, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. The Miller Light Delight. Who you taking? Minnesota favored by 15 going to Lincoln to play the Huskers. Yeah, going to Lincoln. I I don't know that Minnesota covers that spread. I think they're going to win the game, but I don't know if they do it by 15. Nebraska's offense is still flying. So I take Nebraska, unfortunately. Okay. All right. Matt with the Husk, rolling with the Huskers in this one. The sauce. Marty, who you taking in this one? Minnesota favored by 15 going to Lincoln to play the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I was going to say the same thing as the, as what uh, Matt, I mean, sorry, loser said. So, Oh, <laughs> I think, I think Minnesota wins this game in a close one. So I'm taking Nebraska. All right, Kyle, who are you taking this one? The Gophers against the Cornhuskers 11 a.m. on ESPN two. I'm taking the Huskers on this one. I just, I uh, just, you know, feel that they're uh, not going to let it another loss happen at home. Yeah, yeah. All right. I in this one, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to be the lone man out. I'm taking Minnesota to to win this one. I'm going to take the Golden Gophers. I think uh, PJ Flex is going to row the boat in the right direction, and they're going to get this thing figured out. And I think he's got some tenured guys on that ball club. And I think they're going to. I think they're going to win this one by more than at least 15 points. So now, the next one. Matt Maryland six and two. Nobody's talking about Maryland six and two. Mike Loxley doing a damn good job up in Maryland. They are going to Wisconsin. Now, 
Um, I got some really bad typing here. I believe Wisconsin, you said it's favored by five and a half in this one. And Wisconsin's four and four. They've looked a little better lately. Again, if you sleep in past the 11 a.m. games, you're going to miss 99% of the games in, on the Big Ten schedule. <laughs> this one is on 11 a.m. as well oh. on the Big Ten Network. That is ridiculous. Like, if you're Kevin Warren, do better. Don't allow this. Uh, spread out your games a little bit. Um, <laughs> all right, Maryland at Wisconsin. Matt, who do you got in this one? Uh, yeah, I looked back at Maryland's last couple of games, and they beat – two of the worst teams in the big 10, you know, they beat Northwestern by a few points and they beat uh, Indiana by a few points. So I think some of their games that they've won are a little bit skewed. I'm going to take Wisconsin on this one. Let's give a round of applause to the research team in that one, Matt, that was very well done. Way to utilize our resource. Nice work. Matt is stepping up his game when it comes to the, the research week in and week out as those sponsors. I have to, to try to, you know, catch up with Marty leverage. He's using leverage. That's great. Yes, he, he is. That's, you know, that's a smart businessman. Marty, who are you taking in this one? We got the fattened turtles going to take on Bucky, the badger 11 a.m. on the big 10 network. Wisconsin's favored by five and a half. Yep. I I am I I've said this earlier in the picks too. I I just don't think Maryland's that good a football team. I know they're six and two, but I, I just don't think they're that good. And I think Wisconsin, it's at Camp Randall, which is always a tough place to play. I'm going to take Wisconsin. Okay, all right, Kyle, who are you taking in this one? Maryland going to Camp Randall. Badgers favored by five and a half. Oh man. I'm going to take the Badgers on this. I just, uh, it's still hard for me to accept that Maryland's in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it still doesn't feel like it should be real. Like, uh, I, yeah, I agree. Awesome. Hey, uh, yeah. Hey, is there some, yeah. I know. It's, and then now we got UCLA and USC joining. It's just it's like, just crazy. Hey, let's bad let, dream. Let's, yeah. Let's let uh, Boise, Idaho in too. You know, like, come on. Yeah. What are we doing here, folks? Yeah, again, the only thing that matters is money anymore. Like, I get oh. it, but like, come on. Like, ugh, I, that's a topic for another day. Put me down for the fighting turtles. Maryland's going to win this one. You guys are all going to be wrong. You're going to be telling me how great I am next week. You just wait. All we're right. We're going to be telling you how something you are. I don't know if it's going to be great. Marty, is that a bed behind you? Do you need to go lay down for a little bit? <laughs> I do. And it is a bed. All right. All right. Marty's showcasing, showcasing the temple of love behind him here for all to see. All right. I hate, oh. I hate having a camera in my spare bedroom. Oh. All right, Marty. Okay, we're going to move on here. Matt, we have the Michigan State Spartans having a Super disappointing year traveling to the machine that is the Illinois fighting Illini right now. Illinois is number 14 in the country, seven and one. Again, I feel like I'm in a time portal saying that. Um, Illinois is favored by 16. This is the only Big Ten game not at 11 a.m. It's at 2.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Who are you taking in this one, Matt? Yeah, this is tough. That's a lot of points. Um, I know Illinois is playing really well. 
Uh, but Michigan State also has uh, four players that got suspended indefinitely. So there's some adversity there with the fights that happened against uh, Michigan. So they kind of got punched in the mouth there a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to take Illinois. Look at him go, folks. I like it. All right. Matt setting the bar high here, Marty. He's really utilizing that research team, digging deep for those picks. He's nipping at your heels. Who are you taking in this one, Marty? You got the Spartans against the Fighting Illini. Illinois favored by 16 at 230 on the Big Ten Network. Those uh, players that got suspended, Matt, are those starters for Michigan State? I don't know. I just know four of them got suspended for the rest of the season. I know at least a couple are. I don't know about all of them, but it was it was an it wasn't ugly good. thing. Yeah, it was exactly. ugly. Well, I can't do three in a row agreeing with Matt, so I'm going to take Michigan State on this one. Okay, you got to play the odds. All right, Kyle, who are you taking in this one? Michigan State at Illinois. I'm taking Illinois. Okay, I think that's a smart pick. Put me down for Illinois as well. I'm going to go with the Fighting Illini in this one. All right, and then we're going to keep it moving because we're getting late, and Marty's going to pass out in the middle of the show because it's late out there on the beach. He's had way too many pina coladas and Mai Tais today and just getting his feet rubbed by luau women and all this, the coconut. I agree with the last one, but I don't think pina coladas or whatever. Margar- margaritas and all kinds of delicious fruity island drinks. All right. All right, Matt. Penn State is going to Indiana. Indiana's terrible this year. Penn State's favored by 14. Who are you taking in this one, Maddie? <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to take Penn State. Uh, Indiana isn't good. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all you need to say. That's. I, feel I, I actually for- have in my notes, IU sucks. So. Yeah, I mean, they do. Tom Allen, I. everyone wants to love him. He's a genuine guy, and he's got a lot of energy, but – that things have just not been coming together. That that team is a transfer portal hell. I mean, it, everybody on that team is from a, a another school. I mean, they were naming off. It's like a who's who who's transferred from the Big Twelve and SEC on that team. It's just there's nobody that they hardly anyone they've brought in and developed within that program that's still there. They kind of doing the Scott Frost method there, trying to just plug and play, and hopefully they can catch you know magic in a bottle. Marty, who are you taking on this one? Penn State at Indiana. Penn State favored by 14. This is an easy one for me. Penn State, it'll be a lot more than 14. Um, Kyle, can you give us the sound effect of the mascot you're going to be picking in this next matchup? <laughs> row, row, row. All right. Row, row, row. He's so good at that. It's amazing. Yeah. Jeez. It's ingrained in his head. I, yeah. You can tell. He's got it like really. A little bit more, yeah. A little bit more high pitched, you know. Yeah, I can't do it right now, but uh, it's a little more high pitched. It's so annoying. All right, boys, we're going to our final pick. Who'd you pick? Me? Oh, yeah. Me? Forgot about me. Penn State. Give me Penn State. I think the Nittany Lions are going to roll. All right. All right. Thank you for keeping me on track there, Matt. You're you're good. All right. The Hawkeyes are going to try to get one step closer to bowl eligibility going to their kryptonite, Purdue. Uh, Purdue's five and three. Purdue wins. They're bowl eligible. They've won four out of the last five against the Hawkeyes. Jeff Brom has Kirk's number. Is Phil Parker going to be able to finally get this monkey off his back and shut down the Boilermakers? It's at 11 a.m., which is apparently the traditional Big Ten time for a football game on FS1. Um, Let's see here. 
and I have in my notes, legendary coaches typically don't lose to Purdue and Northwestern on a regular basis, which I did touch on earlier. Who are you guys taking in this one, Matt? You taking the Hawkeyes or Purdue? Purdue's favored by four and a half points in this one. I think the Hawkeyes build off of the win this weekend, and it's a little bit of a revenge game. You know, Charlie Jones, Tyrone Tracy there. I think they're going to have some hype to that. Um, I, I am taking Iowa on this. Okay. All right. The South, Marty, who are you taking in this one? The Hawkeyes traveling to West Lafayette, a fun place to catch a football game, good tailgating, good bar scene, 11 a.m. on FS1. Who are you taking, the Hawks or the Boilers? Well, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm keeping myself grounded here on the, on the Hawkeyes. Um, hate to be negative. I don't see the offense coming back. Uh, like it did against Northwestern. I'm going to take Purdue. And take Purdue. Hate it. Well, Hate it I, going against the Hawks. It's tough. I mean, you know, when you've done what we've done this year, it's hard to pick our team. I mean, you got to, you almost have to go into it blind and ignorant to go, to go with the Hawks, Kyle. Um, who are you taking in this one? The Hawkeyes at the Boilermakers. Purdue, a four and a half point favorite. Uh, I'm going to take Iowa on this one. Um, I understand Marty's thought process, but I just, uh, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I'm feeling it. I'm not going to, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a hard fought squeak by win. Okay. Again, guys. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Now uh, let's keep in mind the last time Kyle said he was feeling it. He thought Iowa was going to upset Ohio state in Columbus. I did say that (laughs) I'm feeling a historic, win okay and that was um completely wrong (laughs) (laughs) there was a glimpse there was a glimpse on the first there was but you're supposed to let me know what medications you were on that night because i I wanted some yeah wishful thinking man i'm i'm a very i'm a realistic uh optimist um likes to rub rub against the grain a little bit but yeah that that one i'll take the hit on man i was super wrong Hey, you know, it's you, you dream, you know, that's part of being a Hawkeye. You put the scenarios in your head where you're like, if this, if these chips fall right, we could have a chance and I do it myself. So I'm not going to hate on you for that. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm that guy in the room that like everyone's telling me all these stats and numbers that are, that are pointing in the other direction. And I'm like, if there's a chance. Yeah. I'm like, it's <laughs> all this one in a million talk. I thought yeah. you said there was a chance. <laughs> Kyle's like those guys who were in purple. They're a bunch of punks. They're yeah, gonna lose. exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. All right. Um, I, as much as I hate it, I hope badly that we win this game, but I don't see it. I think um, I, I think Purdue is gonna. I think Purdue is gonna beat us, and uh, I just don't think that you know we've consistently been able to sh- show that we could beat them. And this year, we haven't shown any reason why we will change that in my opinion. Um, I hate it. I hope to God I'm wrong, which I am wrong a lot on this podcast. So there's a very good chance I could be. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Boilermakers on this one, but I'm hoping a little bit of revenge game. I'm sorry. I'm a Hawkeye to the core. I get why Charlie left, but I want him to lose. I, I want payback. I'm sorry. I know that's not classy, but I, I want him to go to Purdue and for us to go there and beat him. And I want it bad, but I got to be real. And I think it's not likely, but I, I'm hoping. 
All right, boys. Well, Matt and I were kind of talking about maybe going to the game, but we are not. We're staying away this one. I think we're going to be planning on taking a trip to tropical Minneapolis for the Minnesota game. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. We might be able to pull the sauce out of his digs, maybe bring him with us and start to maybe, you know, massage him up a little bit, get him to go on a football trip with us, take the friendship to the next level. What do you say, Marty? I'm asking you on a date in public. Don't tell me no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Quit playing hard to get. You know, that just makes me want, want you to come more. That's a good wow. question. Plus going to a football game with you two. God, yeah. you know what? I'd, I'd beat up my liver enough without going along with you two on a trip. Uh, you I don't know how to take that, Marty. I, that hurts. I think he just <laughs> said we're way too much fun for him to handle. Oh, what were you, okay. you going to say, Kyle? I was just thinking, and you may or may not like this topic, but I'm just being real here. What if, you know, if I would does not make a bowl game, uh, you know, being football fans, you know, would you go to a bowl game? Um, or would you just do nothing? If as a fan, if we somehow squeeze out six wins, are you asking if we would no, go? I'm saying if Iowa doesn't win, like, you know, this whole year, every Iowa fan no. talks about and they start putting money away for the bowl game, you know, like, yeah. But if it doesn't happen, you know, that money's there. It's like, I still think that you should. I mean, do we all have kind of like a secret backup team that we love that we, you know, at least pay attention to or would want to go to? I don't think I would probably go see anybody else in a bowl game. I'd probably only go see the Hawkeyes. Um, think so? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, my, my wife and her family are Notre Dame fans. So like I've been to oh, Notre sure. Dame and, you know, I, I watch Notre Dame games, but like, my heart's always so deep with the Hawkeyes that I don't even have anything left to give on Sundays to what really watch the NFL. Cause you know, I'm so, you know, into the, into what the Hawkeyes are doing. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm not. <laughs> so yeah. just like the team, you're doing nothing. Yeah. Matt's a, a one guy girl. That's I you know, me too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a one a, guy girl. Yeah. One guy girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. He's a one he's a one guy girl. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think you two I think you two have been to too many games together. Hey, well, maybe you better come find out. Yeah. You will see. I think it, I think it would be cool to go to a bowl game of two teams from completely different conferences. Yeah, it's fun. Just just to just to experience it. It's like cultures collide, like Big Ten and SEC. It's like in the park that you can tell, like the tailgates, it's like our heavily drinking fans versus their heavily drinking fans like who can drink the most and get the most wild and it's like all right like i can't hang to that level anymore but i'm gonna sit here and drink and watch and it's gonna be fun so it's cool all right kyle i would go to the orange bowl i'm only three hours down here from the orange bowl i'd go to that just because i'd like to go to the orange bowl never been sure sure hey man well it's fair maybe marty Come to the fun bowl with us in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah, the the, the, the Matt fun bowl. bowl. The fun bowl. Matt and Adams. Join the fun V. So we're we're gonna work on him, folks. Don't he likes to play hard to get. We're gonna get him up to Minneapolis. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and talk to Karen. We're gonna get this done. So we'll see if she'll let you come out and play for the weekend. So, all right, boys. Have a great week. Let's 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 get bowl eligible. Let's beat the beat beat those traders. Let's get that Jeff Braun, man. Put him in his place. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Ooh, played the wrong thing there. Go Hawks again. <laughs> go Hawks again. <laughs> Technical error.